Welcome to the Friend Zone. I'm your host, Kojo Minta, and with the help of friends, we will try to clear up the darkness today. We discuss social and personal topics that affect us and possibly you too. This is the only friend zone where there's a solution to get out of it. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. And, you know, you made your way from saying Keloke to <laughs> Wagwan. Wagwan. To the U.S. What's up? How's it going? Yeah. I know you said you were born in Baltimore, but when did you make your way back here to the U.S.? Was it for college? Today, we will discuss growing up in the DR and making your way to college in the United States, establishing a vision in life, and connecting that to your mission overall. And without further ado, I want to welcome Victor to the Friend Zone. Thank you so much, Kojo. It's an honor to be here. Uh, for those who don't know, I've known Kojo since 2016. Um, we had a lot of memories together in college, uh, playing soccer, doing Oasis together, being in the same campus ministry. Um, and we've just stayed friends since graduating. Uh, you know, we call each other every week or every other week, and, and we've been, you know, been able to stay in touch, uh, which has been great. So yeah. thank you for having me on the pod. For sure, for sure, man. And, you know, you're the second person that I'm going to shoot this live with in person. Um, so it's definitely an honor to have you here, uh, one of my great friends. And, yeah, it's, it's good to see that you can make it up here to Greensboro from Chapel Hill, especially considering that you're a pretty busy guy. Um, you're going through the med school track and, you know, pretty sure you had that long journey to even get to medicine. Um, you know, where, 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 do you, where do you come from, bro? Like, if you can recall or give us, you know, your trajectory here to the U.S., to Chapel Hill, like, where did it all start, your interest in medicine? Yeah, um, so to answer your first question of where I come from, um, I come from a lot of different places. So I moved a lot growing up, um, born in Maryland, lived there until about the age of three or four, um, then moved to Swaziland in Southern Africa with my family. Um, lived there till about the age of 10, then moved to Jamaica, um, then the Dominican Republic, and I ended up finishing high school in the DR. Um, you know, my dad worked in global public health, so he was moving a lot for work. Um, so that's what had us moving quite a bit. Um, so yeah, finished up high school in the Dominican Republic, and then from there um, came to UNC for college. Um, that's obviously where we met, so yeah. Yeah, man, you just bounced off like different popular um, vacation destinations uh, for people here in the U.S. Swaziland, of course, is close to South Africa. A lot of people go do a study abroad or just go there for their first trip to Africa. Um, not Swaziland, but South Africa specifically. Then you got the DR in Jamaica, but you actually lived in these countries. You actually immersed yourself in these cultures. Um, what was that like? You know, were you able to learn some of the languages? Um, you know, I know DR, they speak Spanish. Jamaica, they got the Patois, yeah. Swaziland, maybe, I think they have, they speak Zulu, maybe, I don't know. Swati, sure. it's, it's pretty close to Zulu, okay. though, okay. yeah, yeah, you're close. Yeah. Were you able to learn some of those languages growing up in those places? Yeah, um, well, in the DR, I was able to learn Spanish. Mm -hmm. um, in Jamaica, I learned a bit of Patois. I wouldn't say I was ever fluent or anything. And then in Swaziland, I was just really young, so it was hard mm -hmm. to learn the language. Um, and it's just so different from any other language that I, I was exposed to. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was a very positive experience overall growing up in all these different places, 
you know, you're exposed to people from all over the world. Um, like I went to international schools growing up. So we had people from, from all over and it was kind of a normal thing um, to, you know, kind of be um, either an expat or, you know, your parents were from the embassy or missionaries or working for an NGO or something. So it was always kind of um, normal for me to be around people from all over the world, people who spoke different languages, had different cultures. Um, but having said that, I did uh, make an effort to kind of immerse myself in every country I was in. Um, so in Swaziland, like I said, I was really young, but I do remember just a very rich culture, a very rich history uh, that they do a very good job of preserving. Um, and my family loved it there. You know, we still go back every now and then as we're able, um, and it was a great place to, to grow up. Um, Jamaica loved it too, um, had a lot of great friends, um, loved the culture. Um, but living there was, was a lot different from what you described as kind of the touristy mm -hmm. um, thing that a lot of people see and, and are used to. Um, like culturally, I, w I will say it was a little slower than here um, and, and kind of more laid back and people kind of take things at their own, own pace. Uh, but having said that, it was also very, um, I saw a lot of just very ambitious people who are very proud of their country and their culture um, and where they come from and, you know, who had kind of exported that to the world in a very public way. Um, so I really appreciated that one thing um, about Jamaica out of many things I could talk about. Um, and then the DR, like there was that barrier of, you know, being in a country, not really knowing the language. So it was definitely very hard. Um, at first to kind of fit in and kind of find my way and, you know, find a sense of belonging there. Um, but I, I felt like, you know, my, my friends and people in the school I was in were very, very welcoming and very receptive. And, um, you know, I was able to just be immersed, learn as much as I could, soak it all in. Uh, my family had a good time there. You know, we were very well taken care of. Um, but yeah, there, there were definitely challenges in the start, um, especially with a language and a culture that were so different from what we we're used to. Um, but we, we were able to navigate it um, very well in the end. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. And, you know, you made your way from saying Keloke <laughs> to Wagwan. Wagwan. To the U.S. What's up? How's it going? Yeah. I know you said you were born in Baltimore, but when did you make your way back here to the U.S.? Was it for college? Yeah, it was for college. I was 18. Um, it was... You know, even though I'd lived here before, it was definitely a culture shock, having been gone for so long and for most of my life at that point. Um, and, you know, not having family around or people that I knew very well um, was another barrier. Um, so I kind of felt like I was starting from scratch, you know, trying to make new friends, trying to establish myself in school um, and kind of feel that sense of, like I mentioned earlier, belonging, identity. Um, was definitely hard in the beginning, but I felt like, you know, even though it was a challenge, it was a challenge that I, that I embraced and that I was very happy that I did. Um, but I was also very grateful for, you know, a lot of friends that I made along the way in college. Um, I was very fortunate to have joined um, many different organizations and meet friends through that avenue um, and, you know, still stay, stay on track academically. Um, and in the end, you know, I, I thought my time in college was overall very, very positive um, and a time that I look back on very fondly. Mm. Yeah, that's that's wonderful to hear. 
Um, is that part of the reason why you're back, you know, at Chapel Hill for medical school? Was it undergrad um, influenced your decision to go there for medical school? Yeah, um, there are quite a few influences. That was one of the big ones, you know, already being familiar with Chapel Hill, with the university, with the city. Um, and then also knowing people um, in the area, you know, I did have a few classmates um, from undergrad who ended up going to med school at UNC. Um, a lot of my community um, through my church, um, a lot of them were still around. Um, so those are some of the big factors. And then, you know, the really, the major one that I, I don't really think I, I've shared with you was financial aid. Um, UNC was very generous. I became an in-state student um, by the time I, I applied, and that was very helpful. Um, and UNC was very generous with financial aid too, which was kind of the, the one thing that kind of tipped me over in the end. For sure, for sure. I think whenever you think about making um, a decision for post-grad, definitely look at the finances because that debt accrues real quick, especially oh, yeah. when you think about grad school, then professional school later. Definitely think about the debt. Um, and if you can get some sort of financial aid where you don't have to pay back a grant, scholarship, those definitely help in the long run. So, you know, I'm glad that Chapel Hill was able to to um, grant you the opportunity, save a few thousand dollars, right. few hundred thousand dollars, um, and be able to continue education at such a prestigious university. Yeah. So you're still in here in North Carolina, you know, where, where do you think your, your vision lies as you, as you get closer to the end of your med school career? Mm-hmm. Have, you, have you given that thought? Yeah, I've given that quite a bit of thought, and we've talked about this um, many times before. But, you know, in terms of vision, um, like I've said before, like, you know, I do have a vision, you know, professionally and then a vision personally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those two things don't necessarily have to be separate. You know, I think those are artificial lines that we draw sometimes. But in terms of, you know, my vision, um, you know, generally speaking, in terms of where I want to live, you know, I do, I do think I want to leave um, North Carolina and then come back eventually later. Um, so in terms of, you know, where I, where I do go to train in the next few years, I'm not really sure, but I do have that desire to kind of leave for a little bit, see something else, see something different, uh, maybe go to a big city and then eventually come back because I do, you know, I do feel at home in North Carolina now. And I do feel like a lot of my closest friends and a lot of people who I care about deeply are still in North Carolina. And, you know, I would want to come back eventually, but I, I do feel like this is, kind of a time in my life where I do have the flexibility to go somewhere else, maybe see something different, um, you know, explore a different way of life or a different um, pace of life, um, and then maybe come back later and settle down. Yeah, no, that's that's a great perspective to have. And I think people our age, I'm starting to see more of that perspective, especially from people that grew up here in North Carolina for most of their lives or have been here for a while. Um, Case example, my roommate, he's talked various times about moving to a bigger city um, such as Atlanta or possibly Austin, but he's from Chapel Hill originally. He wants to eventually come back and settle down in North Carolina. So just knowing that there's still time to go out there, explore, um, see what the world has to offer, but knowing where your your roots align or knowing where you feel more comfortable at settling down, you know, and making making um, room for that in the future is definitely part of his vision and to see that with other people too. Yeah. 
Now, you, we're both people that, you know, have faith, have beliefs in, in, in um, Christianity. And I wanted to ask you, you know, how does your faith also align with that, those personal and those career goals that you, you just mentioned? Yeah, um, I think, you know, first and foremost, you know, trusting God um, is very important to me and kind of submitting this whole vision and this whole process to him. Because, um, you know, I think it's, it's very easy and very, very tempting for us to kind of go with what, what everybody else is doing and kind of um, be influenced by the culture around us. Um, and I think, you know, just knowing that his voice is greater and, you know, what he wants for, for me is, is greater than anything that I could want for myself um, is something that I kind of have to remind myself of day in and day out. Um, but yeah, just, just seeking him first. And then, um, like it says in Matthew 6, you know, all these other things will be added onto you. Um, that's been my perspective with, you know, uh, my vision for my life and career and, um, and other things that we've talked about is just knowing that at the end of the day, you know, um, he's Lord over, over my life and over what, what, what I want to do with my life. And it's just submitting that to him. Yeah, no, that's that's a great, um, I guess, per perspective to have. Now, I know not everyone um, believes in the Christian faith or has a relationship um, with Christ or God, the God that we believe in. Um, but I think having something greater than yourself um, to guide you in life is very important. And realizing that there's no sense of control that you can have over every single thing that happens in your life. Um, there's other people that influence it, and there's a greater powers that be that, that have a say in that. So, you know, there's things we can do to definitely influence our vision, but that vision ultimately comes beyond us. It comes from above us. And I know there, that's the case, um, but also us, we have, we have a mission. We have um, things we can do. Um, to achieve our vision or to, to figure out what our vision is. Mm -hmm. And for you, I know you're in school. That's part of your vision. Um, wh where do you think you align right now with your vision for school? Yeah, for school, um, you know, that, it's, a, it's a good question. And I think, you know, having completed three years of medical school at this point, I've been able to see um, a lot of medicine and especially, um, you know, taking care of patients and things that I want to do or not do in medicine in the future. Um, so I, I do, I am the kind of person who likes to think um, and I, I do like to spend time with patients and have that time to just get to know them um, as people and you know really care for them as people. So it kind of limited uh, my options in a certain way. Like I didn't want to do a specialty where I don't get the patient care. Um, and I, I didn't want to do a specialty where I don't really get to think as much. Um, so for me, you know, I, I thought internal medicine was was a good um, specialty to kind of um, kind of compromise or, or kind of um, you know, it's it's kind of the best of both worlds because you get a lot of patient care and time with patients, but you're also thinking and using your brain. Um, and then within internal medicine, I feel like you have a lot of options. Um, to specialize further in something like cardiology, GI, infectious disease, or you can do primary care. Um, so I think in internal medicine just opens a lot, a lot of doors to you. Um, 
especially for me, because, you know, there have been times in medical school where I've been unsure or you know, I felt like I, have, I haven't had as much exposure to a particular field as I wanted to. Um, but I think in internal medicine, you have, like I said, the options um, to do a variety of things, um, but also spend time with patients. Um, you can do procedures or not, um, and you can kind of tailor it um, in, in a lot of different ways um, that you're probably not able to do in some other specialties. For sure. And just wondering also, you know, how, do, how do you feel like you, you came to that realization that internal medicine is where, where you want to, what you want to pursue? Yeah. Um, so I, I came into medical school wanting to do infectious disease, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there's still a part of me that does want to do infectious disease. Um, you know, my dad was doing um, infectious disease epidemiology mm-hmm. when I was growing up. Um, so seeing, you know, how to, um, you know, help patients with HIV and malaria and TB um, in, in Africa. And that was kind of what I was, I was exposed to growing up. And then I felt like, you know, growing up and seeing um, different epidemics and pandemics, you know, with Ebola and more recently COVID, how, you know, infectious disease physicians get to be on the forefront. Um, and, you know, a lot of people are relying on their, their knowledge and their expect- expertise um, to deal with these pandemics and these epidemics. Um, and then you have a lot of, um, you know, conditions like HIV um, that, you know, are chronic and that, you know, a lot of people are dealing with and that might be stigmatized in the population. Um, so, you know, that would allow me to work with underserved populations or populations that might be marginalized or stigmatized, um, you know, p- patients with HIV, um, TB, a lot of homeless um, populations have tuberculosis. Um, and it's, it's one of those conditions that, you know, a lot of people kind of stigmatize. Um, it's one of those conditions that might be associated with a prison population too. Um, and, you know, I, I felt like I could get, you know, the intellectual aspect, but also being on the front lines and working with underserved populations through infectious disease. Um, but then like, as I've explored medicine and seen other things that I've been interested in, I've noticed that, you know, in, in medicine and specifically in internal medicine, you have just, there's just so much breadth of, of things that you can do and see. And um, I really, really liked my, my internal medicine rotation that I had a few months ago. And, um, you know, I felt like the people that I worked with were people I could see myself working with or the kinds of people I could see myself working with in the future. And the kind of work we were doing was, um, you know, it was, it was very stimulating um, intellectually, but also very stimulating in terms of, you know, patients presented in very complex ways, and we, we got to really help them um, and, and kind of see the results of, of our, our, our work. Um, so, yeah, all that to say, I, f- I felt like, you know, internal medicine just was a great mix of a lot of the things I was looking for in medicine um, to begin with. So you talked about how some of the attending physicians and maybe residents that you worked with also influence your decision to pursue um, internal medicine. Right now, do you feel like your vision is still yet to change? Is it something that continues to evolve as you go on in life? Yeah, I think it it does continue to evolve. I think for me, um, you know, what's less important is the specialty per se or or, um, the title or the role. But I think what's more important is um, the values that you have 
as well as your, um, your interests and your skills. Um, so I think for me, I think internal medicine kind of fit me personality-wise, but also in terms of my, my interests and, and my skills. And, you know, for some people, you know, it might be something else. And I think for me, it's, it's as, I got, as, as I've gotten older, I, I've realized that it's, it's not just about your passion or what you're interested in, uh, but also about what you can bring to the table in terms of knowledge and skills and experiences. Um, and I felt like for me, uh, you know, all those things kind of came together. Um, and that's, that's kind of when I figured out, like, yeah, I could, I could see myself doing this. Great, great. And now let's take a step back because you mentioned your father, you mentioned his involvement in infectious diseases, epidemiology. And um, I'm thinking also about the places that you lived. You know, you want to serve underserved populations. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like your childhood experiences also influenced that, like your locations, um, the countries that you lived in? Do you feel like that had a big effect on your perspective of I am? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, it definitely had a big uh, influence on my, you know, my view of just medicine as a whole. Um, you know, seeing a lot of people who didn't have access to medical care um, or you know, conditions that were um, often stigmatized, like I mentioned HIV and, and tuberculosis. Um, you know, so I saw a lot of patients who um, were unfortunately dying from very treatable illnesses uh, like malaria growing up. And, you know, you, you see these things and, um, you know, you, you come to the U.S. where, you know, there is, there are still disparities and there are still, um, populations that are not um, given the care that they deserve. But I also saw a lot of opportunity to, um, to study or to learn about um, these, these conditions and the treatments available to them so that hopefully um, I can, um, you know, impact care for patients who, who need it the most. And, you know, that's not to say that I, I want to necessarily go back, you know, to live in one of those countries, but I think those experiences um, growing up did open my eyes um, to a lot of the, the disparities and honestly, you know, things that we're blind to here. Um, yeah, if, that's, if that answered your question. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's a great way to put it. But we both know you're more than just a physician or a future physician. You're also a human being and you also have probably other visions for your life or um, different parts of your vision that are beyond medicine. You know, I know it's, it's, we talked about some of the struggles that we both have with coming up with our vision mm -hmm. and making sure that we're sticking with it. Mm -hmm. You know, how, how do you feel like you've been able to come up with a vision beyond medicine when, you know, your primary focus now is becoming a doctor? Yeah, yeah. That's a good question, and you know it's something that we've talked about at length in the past, um, and it's one of those things that I've I've kind of struggled with, if I'm being completely transparent, um, because you know in certain times in medical school, medicine can take up so much of your time and your energy and your effort, to where you know that one day off that you get, you're just kind of recovering from the week, um, so it makes it kind of difficult to really think about your vision for your life or you know, where you're headed and the direction that you have for your life. So for me, um, you know, like I mentioned earlier, 
just submitting these things to God has been very helpful um, for me personally in knowing that, you know, medicine isn't, isn't my whole life, but just one part of my life. And, you know, I have um, other parts of my life that are equally important or more important, you know, being, um, being a friend, um, being a roommate, being, um, you know, I have all these different roles. Um, and, you know, the question is, how, how can you be faithful to all these different roles um, and all these different people in your life and all these different commitments while still, you know, doing well professionally? Um, so how I do that, one way I do it is, you know, I take a Sabbath every week. Um, so one day out of the week um, to, you know, just, just work on, um, or not work, but rest from work and then um, do things that actually give me life outside of medicine. So whether that's playing soccer or watching soccer or going to the gym or spending time with friends or calling friends I haven't spent, uh, spent time with in a while or, you know, reading a good book um, or cooking. You know, these are things that I, I like to do and enjoy doing. Um, and I've kind of made a commitment to setting aside that day, those 24 hours every week um, to do those things. Um, and then in terms of, you know, how I, um, how I can be kind of accountable to myself, um, a few years ago I made a, a mission statement for myself. And this kind of is a little different from your vision, but, but similar. And, you know, I was reading this book, The, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Um, and the author talked about, you know, creating a mission statement for yourself and kind of re reviewing it from time to time and, um, and kind of using that mission statement, kind of like a company uses it, you know, what do we stand for? What do I stand for? Um, what do I want to accomplish in these various um, roles and these various commitments that I have? Um, so for me, I kind of divided it by my various roles. So, you know, as a student, you know, this is what I want to do, um, you know, be diligent, be excellent, all these kinds of things, you know, as, as a brother, you know, how can I be the best brother I can be to my three siblings, you know, um, as, as a son, like, how can I honor my parents and love them and obey them in the best way that I can? Um, so I, I found that very helpful in kind of looking at each of the different roles that you have and then, you know, working back to see, you know, how, how can you be faithful um, in these various roles that you have for yourself? Uh, and that's been very helpful for me personally. Wow. Okay. Now that's, that's putting things into perspective, even for myself. And I'll tell you why a little bit later, but I wanted to hit on a point that you just mentioned about there's a difference between a mission and a vision. You know, what, what do you think that difference is? Mm. So for me, um, I see a mission as this kind of overarching, um, Kind of goal that you have for yourself and then i see a vision as sort of um the steps that, that you're going to get to or the steps that you're going to take to get to that that ultimate mission um and i also see a vision as kind of what you see on the other side um like for example for me like in medicine i did mention that i want to go into go into internal medicine maybe specialize maybe do primary care but then I think the vision is kind of um, the steps that you're going to take to get there. And then the mission is this um, 
this overarching goal. So for me, the mission would be, um, you know, as a Christian, you know, submitting medicine, um, submitting my relationships, my hobbies, all that to God, um, and letting him lead and letting him um, kind of be Lord over those things. So I feel like, you know, that was kind of me rambling a little bit, but I feel like the mission is this, this, this overarching goal. And then the vision is kind of the steps that you're going to take to get there. Okay. Okay. So in this case, you submitting um, all your goals, your responsibilities, your roles to God and having him be the ultimate, I guess, steerer or person behind the wheel. Right. Would that be your mission? Yes. Okay. And then the individual roles, goals that you have or responsibilities, those are the vision mm-hmm. or visions. Visions, yeah. Okay. Um, and I feel like a vision is a little more tangible to me personally than a mission because um, I feel like a, a mission can sound a little abstract and kind of up in the clouds and not as relatable. Um, but I think, you know, a vision, like, like the example I just gave, like, um, you know, how, how can I be... Um, the best brother that I can be um, to my brothers and sister. Um, you know, there's certain actions and certain habits and certain things that, that come with that um, that can be tangible. Whereas I think for a mission, um, I find it hard sometimes to see, you know, how the day-to-day can relate to the overarching goal or mission that you have for yourself. Hmm. Yeah, um, I'm even thinking about when you look at organizations and you go to their About Us page, their mission tends to be a little bit shorter, maybe a more abstract, but then their vision tends to be a little bit lengthier, um, at least from what I recall. And I'm thinking that relates to what you're saying, where a vision is maybe more specified uh, towards one area of your life that you're, you're going towards. But... Ultimately, it should lead to that mission, what you're known for, what legacy you want to leave. And the reason I uh, mentioned that I I wanted to double back on this is because for me, I've realized that I've often had several visions. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, from your understanding that it's, it's cool to have multiple visions, you know. Um, oftentimes I think we think there's one vision and then there's one mission and it seems like, you know, you can have multiple visions, but do they lead to your one mission? And I don't think I've always had multiple visions that have led to one mission. So that mission statement that you talked about having is something that I'm thinking about even applying to my life. You know, how can I get the visions that I have in life to make sure that they're steering me towards my mission. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's very important. Yeah, and you know, I, I did make this mission statement for myself. It's been a few years now. Um, I think this was even before the pandemic. And the way I organized it was, you know, I wrote the mission statement. And then kind of beneath that, I wrote, you know, different actions or different attributes that I want in my various roles, um, which you could call visions that support that that mission. Mm. Um, so that, that's something that's been helpful for me. And, you know, right now I'm still, still working with what my mission is. 
um, and that's why I couldn't kind of say it very eloquently mm. here. But um, as we're talking and as I'm processing, you know, I do see how, you know, having a mission for yourself can add a lot of clarity um, into the various goals and visions um, that you, you, you aspire to. Okay, okay, yeah. And I think, you know, having those multiple visions is, you know, it's that guide to your mission. Mm -hmm. um, but for someone who's still working on what their mission is, you know, what do you think are the first steps to connecting part of their vision or multiple parts of or multiple um, visions towards that mission? Or do, th do they have to come up with that mission first? Mm. So yeah, I'm obviously speaking not as an expert, yeah. but yeah. just based on personal experience. But I think in my experience, one thing that I've noticed has been helpful for me is just seeing where you're at, um, whether you know, you're in school or in a job or um, you know, what, what are you spending most of your time on and kind of starting from there. Mm -hmm. So you know, if you're, you're in a job, um, you know, seeing how you can um, work on yourself and, and kind of grow through the, pro the process of working through that job. Um, and maybe starting from there, I think, you know, when it gets difficult is kind of like, like we're talking about earlier, like having this big idea or this abstract notion of what a mission is, but not really having something concrete to connect it to. Mm -hmm. So I think just starting with, you know, your job or your school or your friendships and seeing ways in which you can um, find growth um, in those different areas can kind of give you ideas on how you can start to make a mission. Um, and even just seeing, you know, if you're, if you're headed anywhere, like if you are making progress or seeing growth or, you know, what do you want to accomplish through this season in your life? Like those can be some, some kinds of questions that you can ask yourself to get to the ultimate um, destination of a mission. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that's great advice. Uh, I know we've talked about having stumbling blocks, though, mm -hmm. when we're going along the way trying to pursue a vision um, that leads to our mission. Mm -hmm. Bro, like, for you, how do you cope with those times where you stumble, you, you hit a pitfall, things like that? Mm. Yeah, no, those, those times are very frequent, um, and I feel like there, there are multiple responses that you can get. Um, like either that stumbling block could be an opportunity for you to learn um, something about yourself that you didn't know before um, or revise your vision or um, I think what, what I've seen in my life is just um, kind of the latter, like revising or reviewing what your vision is for yourself and maybe seeing if you need to make changes or if not, um, then you know, just learning from the experience and taking it um, as you can. But I think the mission um, is something that I feel like should be kind of immune to those um, setbacks in a sense. Like, I feel like, you know, part, part of the reason it's taken me so much time and it's been so hard to make a mission statement or, or to, you know, see what my mission for my, my life is, is like, one, it comes from, from God for me, but also secondly, you know, I feel like, 
it's something that, that should be able to withstand those setbacks and those stumbling blocks um, and still survive and still remain intact, um, even in the midst of the chaos um, and of life and the unpredictability uh, of life. Yeah, so that, that mission is definitely still evolving. Yeah, yeah. So it's still evolving. Um, I don't have it all figured out or um, kind of put together yet. But I think um, when I do have that, um, you know, I feel like it has to be something that um, that can kind of overcome um, and still remain in the midst of, of these setbacks that you just mentioned. Um, but but like like I said, or like you, you brought up earlier, like the mission doesn't have, once you have a mission, it doesn't have to be static. Um, like it can change and continue to evolve um, after you've found um, that, that mission. For sure, for sure. Yeah, um, now that clarifies things because I, I did mention vision not being static or I think we came to that agreement on that. Right. But now we see that the mission also, you know, can evolve too. Yep. You know, and hey, he, he prefaced by saying he's not an expert now. <laughs> uh, but I think everything he said was eloquently said and um, very sound, very um, practical, applicable to life. Now, I know you have other parts of your vision that you're probably still working on. And it's up to you if you want to get into that. Um, we haven't even talked about these things at length yet. But I know eventually, you know, as we continue to grow, in our relationship, it'll come up. But I know you probably want to be a future husband. Um, you want to maybe even go back, double back into your to your soccer aspirations. Maybe that's part of your vision. Yeah. But is there any other future aspects of your your visions that you're working on right now? Um, that you, how are you shaping those? If um, you want to get into those. Yeah, yeah. No, thanks for bringing it up. Um, but yeah, like like you said before, like there's so many different visions that, that someone can have. And for me, um, you know, I do eventually want to start a family. I do want to um, maintain hobbies outside of work. Um, I do want to you know remain involved and engaged in my church. Um, and you know those are those are things that for me have kind of ebbed and flowed in different um, different times in my life. Like I feel like now I'm not putting as much effort or energy into, um, into hobbies or into um, relationships or, um, or my church as I would like. But I think, you know, it's kind of a, a seasonal thing. Like there are times where I feel like you can invest more time and energy into certain things and times where you have to kind of um, put them on the back burner for a little bit. Um, so, so for me, for the last year, I, I guess, um, the last 12 months, I was, you know, very focused on, um, you know, school and being in the hospital and, and really learning medicine. Um, and I kind of put a lot of those other things on the back burner. Um, but that's not a permanent thing. That's just a, a temporary season of my life where I kind of made that decision, um, to do that. Um, so yeah, there, there are a lot of different visions and a lot of different goals that I have for myself and um, and other goals that I'm kind of working through but but yeah I, I think you know those things kind of do fluctuate um, depending on um, depending on you and, and what you want to do in, in that phase of your life and um, you know like we said you know these are not 
static things or, or things that are kind of set in stone? Yeah, and I'm just thinking for myself, the fact that I have multiple visions right now that may not align with what I believe um, a mission should be for myself doesn't necessarily mean that down the line they couldn't align with that mission. It just maybe shouldn't be the main focus. Um, just like you're finding out with going through this med school process and having different responsibilities and goals, I think, yeah, just understanding things can ebb and flow and you just pick, you can pick things up or start new things that work towards that overall mission that you have. Right. Yeah. And I, and I, I don't mean to say that, you know, if you're, you know, focusing on one thing like school, um, that you're necessarily taking away from everything else. But I, I do believe that, you know, um, there is a possibility of kind of, um, instead of just feeling like it's a, it's a zero-sum game, mm -hmm. like you have to, you know, lose something to gain something, mm -hmm. you know, I feel like there, there can be a possibility where you can kind of make the pot bigger and you can kind of put more into it um, instead of feeling like you have to take out um, from it, if that makes sense. So, like, to give an example, like, you know, in, in medical school, um, a lot of people, um, both in medicine and outside of medicine, might think that, oh, you know, for four years, like, you're just studying all the time, like, you, like, everything else is second place, like, you have no time for anything else. But I feel like, you know, that can be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Like, if you really want to study, you know, 80 hours a week or whatever, like, you can make that happen, and, like, you will find time or make time for that. But I think if you come in with an attitude of, like, yes, like, it's going to be hard, like, yes, I'll have to study, but I also want to, um, you know, spend time with friends. Um, yes, I want to um, volunteer doing this. Yes, I want to... Um, you know, have time for myself to do the things that I enjoy and the things that give me life, then you will make time for those things. Um, and that time is not necessarily being taken away from, um, from your study time, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, I think that's, that's a temptation that I've, I've noticed um, in myself and in a lot of people around me to think that, um, you know, if you, um, if you invest in, in things outside of um, medicine, for example, um, then it, it takes away from medicine when it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah, so you got a big pot, got all these ingredients. Might start off with the pasta, which for you may be medicine, but then you have the seasoning, maybe the salt, your friendships, the, the pepper, um, your, your relationship with your church. Um, then you add a little bit of sauce. Um, getting outside into nature, playing sports, things like that. Those still can lead you towards your mission. It's just maybe different quantities of each. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, Victor, I want to thank you for coming on to the Friend Zone. Yes, sir. Um, is there anything else you want to leave the people with? No. Um, you know, it's been a, a great pleasure and honor to just, you know, be here and, and be live in person. Um, it's been great. And yeah, thank you so much for everybody out there who supported um, the pod and um, all the guests that you've had. Everything that I've seen has been just really top tier. Um, so, you know, it, it just speaks to 
you know, the kinds of people that you have in your life and the kinds of people that, that you're surrounding yourself with. And, you know, I just wanted to kind of admire that in you and just kind of lift you up in that way. You know, those are, um, those are definitely qualities I see in you, like the people that you have around you are definitely quality people. And, you know, it's just an honor um, to be here and be on this pod. Um, so thank you so much. Hey, I appreciate those kind words. You're being too nice to me. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, this is Kojo, and this is... Victor. And this is The Friend Zone. We're out. Yes, sir. Peace. Thank you for making it to the very end. Remember, a share goes a long way, and I hope to see you back in The Friend Zone. Bye-bye.